Well, good morning. And uh, it's great to, uh, it's always great to come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise, isn't it? And uh, as the scripture tells us, Psalm 104. And uh, this morning, um, this morning we're going to talk about kingdom thinking and we're going to talk about trees. Last time we talked about faith and frogs, but um, we'll see how it all ties together. Let's just pray. Father, thanks that we can come here today and just focus on you. Lord, that we, each one of us, would just see what you want to say to us. We're all at a different place. We're all at a different point in our lives. And yet, Lord, you can put your finger on that point, the thing you want to say to us, to lead us on, to lead us on. And uh, Lord, I just pray that as we look to you today, that you just speak to us and bless us, that we go from this place uh, encouraged and built up, knowing that you are God and uh, you're in control. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'll just see if my clicky thing works. And I'll try the other way. It's all right. I had it off. I turned it off. It works. And um, what a great series we've been doing on uh, on Joseph for the past five weeks or so. And it's, I just found it so in, encouraging. It's great to see and the perspective that God has when you look at someone like Joseph. And Joseph had no clue when he was thrown in a pit what he was in for. And... Um, you know, you sort of, you look at, and, you, and us being able to see the full story and you read it and you read why God put him in the pit and rescued him and that he ended up, he was there to, to actually save Israel. And, uh, but I, when, right at the beginning, when he was bragging about his dreams to his brothers, which is how he got thrown in the pit, he would have no, he, he would not have known what that was for. He, he would have thought, probably you know, being a, a teenager, he probably would have thought, how good am I? My brothers are going to worship me. How good is that? And, uh, and yet God knew that it wasn't about Joseph. It was about the nation of Israel. And it took Joseph all that time, getting thrown in the pit, getting thrown into jail several times, being lied about, going through all that, but we hear at the end that Joseph did realise, he did realise that in the end it was about God. When his statement says that it was God who knows our dreams and God who gives the dreams, hopefully we don't have to go through that much pain before we realise that, that it's about God, it's not about us. It's not just about God, it's about his destiny for us and, um, and I want to talk today about how we move from our dreams to destiny in the same theme that we've been looking at for the past five or six weeks. But I want to talk about how that requires supernatural thinking. It requires a thinking outside of the square, outside of the way we normally think. And uh, we'll have a look too at... Uh, how that applies, how the scriptures that talk about the trees 
uh, relate to that too. In Matthew 13 and uh, 45, Jesus talked a lot about what the kingdom of God was like. In fact, over and over again, he talks about the kingdom uh, the kingdom of was like a merchant looking for fine pearls. He talks about the kingdom being a great treasure. He talks about the kingdom being a mustard seed. He talked about the kingdom being like the seed that was sown and there was an enemy that sowed tares or weeds with that seed. He talks about the kingdom being like catching fish, a whole net of the good and the bad all came in together. And he talks about the kingdom being like yeast. So when we look at all those scriptures to do with what Jesus taught the kingdom was like, we start to get a little glimpse from all these left field things that he used of what the kingdom of God really was. We're not going to go through them all, but this morning we're going to look at some of those things. And the first one there, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found the one of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had and he bought it. The, and then he went on to say the kingdom of his heaven is like a treasure in a field. And when the man found it, he hid it again. He hid it again and then he, in his joy he went out and sold everything he had to buy that field. So Jesus is saying that's how important God's kingdom is. How important it is. That's the first of thinking which gets away it's not an optional thing it's it, it's all important it is so important that we'll sell everything we've got if it needs to be attained jesus was saying seek first the kingdom of god and all the rest will be added it's the kingdom that must come first and then we'll after all the rest so it's a priority it was priority in what jesus was talking So what's the difference? The lessons that we've learned from Joseph. With Joseph, he must have learned all these lessons over quite a lot of years. A few years ago, I'd read a book and it talked about different types of thinking. It wasn't a Christian book, it was a business book. But as I read it, I realised that quite a lot of the principles in there applied to us in everyday life. It lacked quite a few things. It talked about different types of thinking. It talked about monkey thinking. And I wrote a sermon a few years ago that talked about monkey thinking uh, and reptile thinking. And uh, monkey thinking and reptile thinking and then there's human thinking, which is self-centered. And then there is kingdom thinking. Monkey thinking is stuff we've learned. Sometimes we learn as a child We've been brainwashed to think that uh, we respond a few, certain way. We, we, as a child, we might have been told that uh, we're useless and worthless and we grow up thinking we're useless and worth it, worthless. It's monkey thinking. It's stuff that we've just learned. It might be um, anything like that, that we resort to just things off our own, uh, the things that we've been conditioned to. It might have been our peers at school that have taught us stuff that, it's not really God's word, it's people's word. And it's just stuff we've learned. Then there's reptile thinking. 
which is reactionary. And if you've ever come across a snake, you'll know how reactionary they can be. A few years ago, walking along the track at, at um, Elizabeth, Lake Elizabeth, there was a tiger snake curled up on the side. And a couple of the, the boys, uh, grandchildren that were with me, walking ahead, walked past the snake, didn't see it. And I said, hang on, guys, there's a snake here. Before the rest of them come, we better not walk any further. I threw down my hat, thinking that the snake would either run away or go under the hat so we could get past it. Well, the snake had other ideas. He thought the hat was after him, and he tried to attack it. and was quite reactionary. But then one of our other young grandsons was also quite reactionary. I'd already said, look, don't move, guys. Snakes can't see you if you're staying still. <laughs> the moment the snake attacked the hat, he was off. <laughs> if the snake was going to chase anyone, it would have been him. <laughs> but to make sure it didn't get him, he climbed as high as he could on top of his mother <laughs> and clung to her. So he was reactionary as well. So that's what we mean by erectile thinking. It's reactionary. It's the sort of thing, when somebody does something wrong to you, react to it. And uh, reactionary things might be, in a business point of view, you might react to, um, you know, all of a sudden your sales drop. So you start to panic. Oh, I better, I better um, reduce my prices. Those sort of things are reactionary. You react to something rather than seeking God. In fact, a lot of the time people buy more if you put your prices up. Then there's human thinking. And that's where this book, I realised, it called, the book actually called the third type of thinking, empire building. And as I read what it had to say about it, it was talking about building a, a business empire and you had to think big and all that sort of thing. And a lot of it was stuff that applied to kingdom thinking. But it was actually about self-centeredness. It was human thinking. And so a lot of the stuff, although it has elements of, of kingdom thinking, it's actually self-centered. It's about building self. Kingdom thinking is never about self. It's always about God and his kingdom. Kingdom thinking sees things from God's perspective. And uh, that's where we see that scripture that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and that all the rest will be added to us. Wes Hanoi says, if you want to see, and he wrote a book called Supernatural Business. He said, if we put in the natural, God will put in the super. And then you've got supernatural. There's always that natural element the gifts and things that God's given us to use. But if we look to God to multiply it, and look to God as our source, he will add the super. He will add the supernatural. And to do that, that's where the trees come in. The Bible says we need to develop strong roots. And uh, there's that scripture that, um, that we read and we came across a few weeks back when we looked at Joseph, we realised that the circumstances Joseph found himself in led to his dependence on God. 
He must have really come to the end of himself when he was in that pit, when his uh, brothers threw him in the pit. He must have really wondered what was coming when he found himself sold into Egypt. And then he realised as he, God's favour on him, as he worked his way through as a servant, and, um, and he won the favour of Pharaoh. And then it all got dashed when he, he, uh, he was thrown into prison again. He was lied about from Sarah, uh, Pharaoh's wife who, who said that he, he, he accused him of rape when in actual fact he had ran away from her. So he must have learned to develop strong roots. And that's where we see blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. What a fantastic promise that is. But you notice the tree had to do something about it. It actually had a deliberate action there of sending down its roots to the stream. It didn't depend on what came in from the outside. didn't depend on a year of dra- uh, whether there was a, a plenty of rain coming out of the sky. It put its roots down into that groundwater. And it's talking about when man trusts in the Lord, we need to put our roots down into God. We need to have that relationship with him that we draw on. Not what's happening around about us. Not whether there's a drought. That drought might be lack of supply of anything. That drought might be simply we've lost our job. It might be that uh, our best customer in our business has suddenly uh, gone somewhere else or, or anything like that. Anything can cause a drought, financial drought, emotional drought, a drought when we can't find our healing, when we're sick. We feel like we're in a drought. But we need to put our roots down into God. He's the source. We need to know that he's the source. And we need to grow in that knowledge. And um, as it says there in the scripture, it does not fear. It has no worries and it never fails when our roots are in God. And that's um, the exciting thing. We have so much more going for us today with the Holy Spirit and knowing what we have with Scripture. I mean, Joseph never had, it was, it was even before the law was given, he didn't have a new covenant to look on. He didn't have the Bible in front of him to realise it, but he'd learned to trust God. He was aware of God's goodness and, um, and he grew in that. So we need to put our roots down into his love as it says in in um, Ephesians 3 and 17 so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I bring that to you being rooted and established in love may you, you may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep that love of Christ and um, that's and that's just it just takes time is to grow your roots down into God. Whoop. 
Now there's a little cutting. That's a little piece of a grevillea that was poked into a plug of peat moss. And if anyone's listening to the uh, podcast on this, they won't wonder what I'm talking about. But that picture up there is showing where it's put down its first root. It tells me that I know that if we put too much water on that little cutting, it won't grow roots. It'll get a little callus on it and it's getting all the water it needs because you're putting too much on it. To make that little cutting grow a root, you've got to keep the humidity up at first. So we've got a machine that puts fog out into the atmosphere, but not too much that that plug's too wet. So that thinks, well, I can't depend on this fog forever. I'm going to have to grow roots. You know, it's a little bit like that when we are young Christians. We need to give them a little bit of extra humidity at first. We need to look after them. But they have to learn to put down their own roots. They have to learn to grow up and, uh, and to learn to feed for themselves and learn to get into the Word of God. And the same applies to us. If God gave us everything we needed, in other words, He spoiled us absolutely rotten, we'd never start to seek Him. We'd never start to really learn how to push in and uh, defeat the enemy that would want to steal, kill and destroy. The enemy doesn't want you to grow roots. There's an enemy out there that wants to disrupt our lives in every way he can. And um, we often wonder why we go through stuff. I mean, I guarantee Joseph wondered why on earth he found himself in prison. He would have wondered why on earth after going things so well and promoted to second highest in the land that he found himself back in prison, accused, accused of rape. We often find ourselves accused of things or, or being misunderstood or whatever it is and sometimes through no fault of our own but God is getting us to grow roots, to really press in and get to know him and get to hear him better and to... Um, Spend that time pressing in on his word. There's a, um, there's a word I'd just like to share with you. And I didn't print it because I remembered it this morning. And uh, a long time ago, quite a few years ago actually, um, Pastor Peter from um, Peter Ikarobi from PNG was here. And he gave me this scripture. And the context in which he gave it was, to me at that time, it meant that part of what he was calling me to was to make the word of God applicable in everyday life. But I found this word so important and I found this word actually as a word to many people many times and it says in Jeremiah 20, 20, verse 23 and 29 it says does not my word burn like fire says the lord is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces if you have a think about that god's words like a hammer it smashes the rock to pieces to me that speaks of hard things in our life the rock is smashed to pieces by the God, by God's word. God opens up his word to us. He speaks to us through his word. And when we're going through tough times, 
the thing to use is the word of God to go back to that and allow him to speak to you allow him to break those hard things apart so that you can see the heart and that's what the word of God does that's how critical and practical God's word is to our lives and that's where that little plant has got to learn to put down its roots into that word and um, that doesn't stop once we become a Christian I was just thinking the other day 1966 I first asked Christ into my life what's that 50 odd years ago and um, I was just thinking it has never stopped I've never stopped learning I've never stopped needing every day to to get into that word and the thing I've realized over the past few years or even the past 12 months I need to actually do a lot more than just it's great to get into the word every day and just read a scripture and pray but there are times where we need to press in for longer periods of time not because not because God just sits there grinning at us watching us spend a lot of time with him that reminded when we had that 24-hour prayer time sometimes it just takes time that a few minutes won't do you actually it takes time for whatever reason for God to just really start to speak in to your life and um, and sometimes you just need more than that few minutes interestingly Jesus himself had to go he had to leave the crowd he had to go up into the wilderness to spend time significant time with his father and if he needed to do it how much more do we how much more do we need to press in to, to I think it's just to put aside our own thoughts and just to allow God to bit by bit speak to us and make that a priority the other thing is when we come into God's presence it says there enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise you know to come to God grizzling and grumbling about stuff just doesn't seem to cut it and if we look at the big problem when Israel was they got released they they grizzled and grumbled when they were in Egypt God delivered them from Egypt and they grizzled and grumbled all the way across the desert and when they came to the promised land they still grizzled and grumbled because the enemy was too big and they'd forgotten all about the size that God was and so they had to spend another whole generation in the wilderness to learn the lesson you know sometimes if we find ourselves in the same place again and again maybe we haven't learned the lesson and we come back we come back so God wants us to not grizzle and grumble but to come into his gates with thanksgiving be so thankful be so realizing that uh, that he is the one and it it opens the door I believe Thanksgiving opens the door to the supernatural and uh, Dave Bailey just re- loaned me a book an old book that uh, by Merlin Carruthers prison to praise and he goes through many aspects and, and testimonies of people that have had miracles in their life healings and relationships healed and all sorts of incredible things because they found it really difficult at first but they actually had to praise God for the bad stuff that was happening praise God knowing that God was so much bigger and as they did they saw these things melt away so if you 
if this morning you, you, you've got these really tough things that you're praying for in your life, start thanking God for them. Thank God for them. Thank God that He's bigger than all the problems we face. And uh, you come into His presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Be, be thankful. It's too easy to grumble. That's, that's a verse that we, we don't like. Consider it pure joy whenever we go face trials and many, you know, far out. Does the Bible really say that? Well, it does. And it's that same principle that we just read when we want to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Consider it pure joy when we face trials. Now, that's often a tough thing to do. But like Merle and Carruthers discovered, when we do that, we'll have a... Di- we'll it seems to open the gate for miracles to happen. So be thankful for wherever we are. Look at it from a positive point of view. See God, see God working because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. God allows us to go through stuff. He doesn't always create the stuff, but he allows us to go through it and use it to grow us. So never think that God does all the bad things but he uses them. God uses the stuff that the devil does to throw mud in his face. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may mature and complete. It's about growing in trust in God. And it's like that tree that put its roots down into God. And some of those trials and some of that horrible stuff we go through is to force us to put our roots down. And uh, Thessalonians says, in everything give thanks. Now that's often a tough thing but that's several times the scriptures told us to give thanks and um, I think sometimes of uh, plants in the garden and you think they're doing really well and come summertime they all go brown and die because they've had too much water for too long and their roots have dried off because of the rot but when it comes to the summertime they haven't got enough roots to draw the water up so they actually die in the summer. We think they've died because it's too dry, but they've actually died because they didn't have enough roots to survive. And our lives can be like that. We need to, to put down our roots, and if we always had it easy, we'd only have a shallow root system. Two things happen with a shallow root system. One is when you come across the droughts, then you're not used to looking for water. But the other thing is when the wind blows, you fall over. And God doesn't want us to fall over. And that's what that scripture was about um, in Jeremiah. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by the water. It sends its roots down by the stream. You know, there's a deliberate action there. The tree has been planted. It didn't just fall by the water. It was planted there. And... um, that's another thing that we sometimes think that we need to do the planting or the transplanting of ourselves. It is actually, we can transplant ourselves, we'll find ourselves in trouble because we'll do, damage the roots. If God transplants us, that's great. He knows where it's best for us. But if we transplant ourselves thinking the grass is always greener somewhere else, then it won't work. And uh, we'll, always, we'll always be looking, we'll always be thinking, how come this hasn't worked? 
So we need to make sure that we don't transplant our souls, but we seek God when we're transplanting. It's be very easy in the middle of winter in Colac to think, I'm going to move to she- I'm going to move to Queensland. But unless God moves us to Queensland, we'll never be in His will. And you probably recognise that frog. Again, for those uh, listening to the podcast and wonder what I'm talking about, there's a frog on the screen. It's a growling grass frog. But it reminded me of the message I said last time, that we need to walk by faith and not by sight. Growling grass frogs have a distinctive growling croak so that amongst all the other frogs around, you can hear them. In fact, if you hear the, the brown tree frogs are quite distinctive again and the pobble bonks are quite distinctive. But when you know the frogs, you know the sounds they make. And the message that we talked about last time was discerning the voice of God amongst all the other voices that are telling us to do this or do that or come here or come there. We need to spend time. We need to spend time in the Word and the time listening to God to learn to discern His voice and walk by faith and not by sight. Scripture says, so live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We need to hear what God is saying. We need to tune our spirits into his spirit and um, that's just one of the privileges we have as being believers scripture says that they will know my sheep know my voice Jesus was talking about his people his sheep his he was talking about as Christians we would know his voice we have the ability to hear his voice and be led by the spirit and um The scripture there, even in Habakkuk 2, 4 says the righteous will live by faith. Will live by faith and not by sight. There's a way that seems right, but the end of that way is death. Scripture tells us. So we need to hear from God and walk by faith. The third point to, um, to kingdom thinking. Kingdom talk thinking talks about starting small but thinking big and we see this no better than uh, his parable Jesus parable on the mustard seed the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed and you first read that and think geez a little brown thing Um, but his point was it was taken and planted and that tiny little thing the tiny little thing, though it be the smallest of all seeds, it grew. And when it grew, it became the largest of garden plants and became a tree. So that the birds, the air came and perched in its branches. I see a couple of things there. Firstly, it didn't, that, the, the mustard seed didn't grow so it could brag about itself how big it was. It, grow, it grew so that the birds would have somewhere to live. And you know, I believe that God doesn't want us to grow our business, to grow or whatever, so that we can look big and look impressive, but so that we can share it with others, so that we can provide food and shelter for others, so that it's not about us. It's like Joseph had to learn. His dream was not about Joseph. His dream was about Israel. 
His dream was about a whole nation, which God used him for. The dream that God puts in your heart is not about you. It's not about your comfort. It's about what he wants to help people and influence people through you. It's so much bigger. We often think about us. We often think about how comfortable would be comfortable we'd be if we're in this situation or that situation you know God it might come to a shock but God is not interested in our comfort he's interested in our character and the influence we're going to be for others a far bigger picture than what we could have for ourselves he also talked about it being like yeast the kingdom of heaven like yeast far out one time it's like a mustard seed and the next like it's yeast but a, a yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through the dough. He's talking about influence. The kingdom of heaven is to influence those round about us. Not to make ourselves look good, but so we can lead others to Christ. So we can bring a little bit of kingdom to the earth. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' prayer was to bring kingdom, the heaven, to earth. We do that by following God. A bit of kingdom goes a long way in this lost world. That's being kind to people. That's being generous to people. That's showing God's love to people. That's bringing the kingdom to earth. That's being the yeast. The yeast that then affects other people. It's not about yeast... If yeast wanted to just be yeast, it'd still stay a little bit of yeast. But it's there to make the whole dough rise. It's there to influence those around about us. And that's what we're here to do too, be a positive influence. That tree there started by a tiny seed. It's only eight years old, that tree. It's probably 20 metres tall. It was one that we actually grew to produce seed, so we, it's the best one in the crop. But that's a spotted gum we planted about eight years ago. It started with a tiny seed. And that's how, we're to, that's how our faith is to start, from a tiny seed. Let's not, let's not look at the big stuff at the start or find it daunting. Let's realise just a little bit. You can't see that tree grow every day. You can every year, but you can't every day. It takes time. So don't get discouraged if things seem slow. Don't get discouraged if you feel small because God uses small things to create big things. And the fourth part of kingdom thinking is we've already mentioned it's not about us. It's about him. We need to humble ourselves and we need to realise just like that mustard seed grew to create an environment for the birds to be taken care of. Galatians 5.13 says, My brothers, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another. We're to have a servant's heart. We're here to serve. That mightn't sound exciting to some because we, we just want to build empires. We, we want to have the big stuff. We do it only to serve, to serve one another. And there in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 to 11, you are made rich 
in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. The only reason God wants to make us rich, whether it's monetary-wise or any otherwise, is so that we can be generous. Again, it's about others. It's about being a servant and having a servant's heart. So that's where we have a look at those steps to kingdom thinking, those four steps. Let's, um, let's not forget that we, we need to develop strong roots and get into God's word. We need to walk by faith. We need to start small and think big. And we need to have a servant's heart. And uh, it's a little bit different to human thinking. Thanks, guys. And I'll hand over to the band.